This is RPCC On Air. And we're back. Episode 14. Jeff. Oh, my God. We're almost to my favorite number, Sweet 16. We're almost there. <laughs> we're going to get there. Um, almost. Yeah, welcome back, everybody, to RPCC On Air, episode 14. Uh, this is a really exciting episode for both of us, Jeff. I mean, um, uh, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now, but we had our chairman's election, both for executive um, and center yeah. committee, as well as all of our officers. Um, and I just want to applaud, before we get into our first interview here, I want to applaud everybody who was involved in that election process. It was really, uh, it, was, it was a lot of challenges, right, Jeff? Yeah. It was a lot of challenges. <laughs> it was something different. It was new. So it was an experience. Um, I'm glad I went through it, learned a lot. So definitely, definitely applaud everyone that was involved. Yeah. Um, and uh, out of the election, um, we have new leadership. Um, so in this episode, we're going to use the majority of the episode to highlight um, the top of the tickets of both our executive and central committee uh, that have joined us now. Um, and we're going to start with our first chairman's report from Chairman Lisa Sticken. Lisa, thank you for joining us. Welcome to RPCC On Air. Thank you, guys. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we're going to jump right into it. Sure. Uh, if you... If you've been around RPCC, uh, the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County, within the last X amount of years, you know who Lisa Sticken is. Uh, she is the daughter of Lucy Sticken, um, who is my uh, political uh, mother uh, of sorts. And um, so I, I am going to be biased in this interview, Jeff. It's okay. I'm going to be biased. Hey. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's the Sticken way. So, um, Chairman Sticken, uh, you tell us. So I'm not talking the whole time. How long have you been involved in politics and particularly here in Cuyahoga County? Um, what have you been involved in and where would people know that name from? Well, thank you so much. Well, honored to be with you guys today, obviously. I, I know how important this podcast is and I think it's a good way to connect with both uh, our Republican voters, but just the community. So I appreciate everything you're doing here. Um, just to begin, I, I'm gonna sound really old when I say like, 30 plus years, you're gonna think, how old is this lady? But no, um, I actually started when I was younger, like 12, 12 years old, believe it or not. Um, we had to do some community service work and one of the options for my junior high class was to work on a campaign, believe it or not. So it was a state rep campaign, um, fuzzy memory, but it was a Lauren Loving Vale campaign and I stuffed envelopes for her at 13, 12, 13 year old girl, there's a few of us. Um, but we, we got to see firsthand what activism was, and you mentioned my mother, she was always very involved in different campaigns too, so I had a sort of a front row seat to a lot of her activism and campaigns and the candidates she worked with. Um, from there, I ended up getting involved in the Young Republicans locally, the Greater Cleveland Young Republicans. Uh, that was an amazing time in Cuyahoga County. Um, it was uh, early 2000s. I think I, I was 2003 to 2007. I served as president of that group here in Cuyahoga County amazing friends and contacts. Um, I went to my first meeting with Josh Mandel was there. It was his first meeting. Just a lot of great people um, that, that have continued to stay involved in the party. 
it's a great networking system, but it's also a great way to meet a community of friends and contacts that'll last with you your whole life. So I enjoyed all of that work and we got to get involved in, in 2002, um, Laverne Jones-Gore had a campaign for commissioner and then there was Jamie Pilla. Those were my first like county campaigns I worked on. And um, those memories I carried with me into other campaigns. Uh, from there, I ended up getting involved at the Ohio Young Republicans. I served as chair of that organization. Uh, we chartered 30 plus clubs during my time there. It was a great time just connecting around the state with young Republicans. Didn't and you speak at a convention when you I were old? I did. Well, it was when I was, um, what ended up happening was I ended up being elected to the national chair post. And that was a tumultuous time in the national group because we had some leadership changes and a little controversy. And I, at the time, was a county prosecutor. So I had a, a good reputation within the circles and I was able to, to bring people together. Uh, I enjoyed my leadership in that group. Uh, obviously, those are contacts around the country I, I have to this day. Great people on my board. Some have gone on to run for Congress. They have some party chairmen, national committee people at the RNC. Great people. And from there, I was able to speak the convention in, in Tampa. So that was in 2012. So a lot of great experiences and, and, and memories there. So that's my little history. Um, so it's lengthy, but I got started young. So I'm not, I'm not as old as you think, so. <laughs> no, I, I was actually surprised as well as I know you. When you said 30 years, I was, I was really amazed by that. But I think it brings to a really good point that um, at least in Cuyahoga County, what I've learned, especially working with Lucy, um, is that Republicans are born and bred. Um, they're not necessarily made. Now, I, my job is to make them, but uh, for the most part, it shows a lot about family. And, and that's what we really want to get back to with this new administration, this new leadership. It's about family. We want the children involved. Um, Lucy always tells me stories about you and Christina actually stuffing envelopes uh, you know, before you could ride two-wheel bikes. Um, <laughs> And those are the kind of things that, you know, really breed, bring new blood into the party because you're keeping everyone involved. And I think that's something that I think under your leadership, we'll be doing a lot more of. Um, I know even with uh, Judge Wanda Jones's uh, daughter, they call her the little campaign manager. I mean, she has a shirt, she walks the parade. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, what we can grow out of that, the youth involvement, and you know what this next generation of Republicans is going to look like. And right. I think your background, in particular, not only being a young young Republican, but also working with judges like Judge Pam Barker and now with Judge Wanda Jones, that right. you know we're, we have a really bright future ahead of us. Jeff. Yeah. So, kind of looking at the chairmanship, um, you kind of made a historical movement here of being the first woman as chair for the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County. So could you just a little bit elaborate with us on your experience of how it's been being a woman both inside and outside of the party, dealing with politics? No, I think that's, that's a great question. And um, as you guys know, I'm also an attorney. So I think even within professions as a woman, you'll you'll deal with these issues where sometimes you're the only woman in the room at, at an event. And that- I know what that feels like, yeah. being the only one in the room. Thank you. And, but it, it's significant. And so you're a representative of a, of a voice that you need to make sure it's heard. And also, it, I think, uh, you know, if you're in that room, you make sure people know you're there. But beyond that, I think it's about bringing others into the room with you. So I am very honored to to have been elected as the first woman chair. It, it does mean a lot to me. And I think it talks about our party larger scale, too. We have our state woman 
uh, Jane Timken for state woman chair. You have an RNC, your current woman chair, and uh, Rona Romney McDaniel. I think these are uh, the leadership examples for women around the country. It's peer-to-peer -peer communicating. What you do so well, Colin, you know, talking to people. There are Republicans who are historically Republicans because they just were at an early age like myself, but we have the passion and can bring that message to people who may not understand or have been exposed to politics. And so I think that goes to the work you do, Colin, too, within going into communities where maybe there isn't a discussion about Republican politics and having those discussions. I think being the first woman uh, chair for the Central Committee uh, is something that I received some dialogue with other women around the county. They were excited to see that. That's an inclusion and involvement and a message that I can carry to other women particularly in Cuyahoga County and within our, our community, both in Cleveland and the suburbs, to really try to bring them to the table. And, and that's truly growing our tent. Yeah, I think um, you really hit it on the head. You know, uh, first of all, I know the other side, who does not have a podcast, by the way, um, is definitely taken back by your election, right? This, this dispels their narrative. Um, and then as far as what this means for our uh, elections and, and, and getting to certain groups that have um, typically felt like their voices weren't going to be heard. Um, you know, this allows you to then talk to uh, suburban women, which we as Republicans nationally are, are, are losing. Um, so yes, the representation, it, it, it's a message that's actually been going around uh, amongst not just minority circles, but circles of all marginalized groups of representation matters. Right. And I think that, you know, you being not only uh, representative, but competent is the best <laughs> messaging we can have and the best promotion we can have um, as far as getting to those people and letting them know there is a place for them in the Republican Party. Oh, thank, thank you, Colin. And, you know, I will say, I think taking the passion uh, that I have for politics and, and being able to, to work every day, especially with you and Jeff, has been a joy. I know it's been a short time, but I also think what, what we can do is take our passion to, to women within the suburbs. We have a good message as a party, and we just have to make sure that we're, we're delivering it and that we're even peer-to-peer -peer communication, you know, is wonderful, but also just getting that message out to the suburbs, to those suburban women you're talking about, but to women all over the county, not just women, families, you know, people with struggling businesses, people who, who've been struggling and just say, you know, we have a good message as a party for economic, you want independence, entrepreneurship, um, just seeing people succeed, uh, really believing in the American dream for all members of all communities. And, and that's the message we need to take out into, into the community because that's what our party means to me. Of course. Yeah, that's, um, that's great. That's great. And um, it's always awesome to hear these sort of things. Um, I mean, the way that I look at things right now is that uh, just in general, we're in interesting times and just everything that's going on on a level of looking at things locally, looking at things nationally, looking at things even statewide, all the different levels, uh, no matter how we look at it, everyone is kind of tiptoeing, maybe tiptoeing or just taking things on that we have never experienced before in our lives. And it's a hard time for some. I know that it's a great time right now for me. I think I know that Colin's kind of on the same page as me to where we need to work together with everything. And we need to kind of look at each other and be like, hey, these are the times for us to actually build bridges. So 
kind of looking at everything just um, in general. I mean, looking at the election that you had and then also looking at your vision for the future for us, kind of, can you just lay that out for us? Just let us know kind of what you coming in means to you and then what it means for 2020, the rest of the year and how we're going to take on this pandemic and then also what it means for the next four years. Oh, no, thanks. I mean, yeah, that's, it's, you're so correct. I mean, we're in unprecedented times. I mean, obviously living through a pandemic um, at this time, but also the impact, not just on everyone's daily lives, but as political people, the impact on campaigns. Um, so the traditional uh, toolbox that you have where you go to and do parades and different kinds of events and community events, that's not there right now. And so I think this has been a way where campaigns can truly start to embrace technology and look to other ways to get messages and communicate with residents. And these have to be ways residents are, you know, voters are comfortable with and, and want to have that dialogue, you know, because we have to respect that, you know, not everybody's going to want uh, people at their door or to go to an event right now. And that's okay. You know, there's ways to communicate with those voters. And that's where I think embracing technology is going to be key. I thought that with the move toward more people voting by mail, and with the move toward digital campaigning, you know, digital ads, uh, Facebook, I'm just talking about the whole gamut there, text messages, that kind of thing. You know, you're seeing more and more of that in campaigns and they're being utilized uh, quite successfully. I think that's a way to reach voters and to have the, the message get to those voters as to these are qualified candidates. Um, in terms of 2020, obviously Cuyahoga County, and as part of our campaign, there was always a discussion of you know, ways to kind of build the foundation of the house, so to speak, and, and things that we can do uh, within our county party structure. And that was always to really recruit those precinct committee people, you know, recruit ward leaders, give our ward leaders the tools and training to succeed and, and enthusiasm for the position too. Um, recruiting candidates that are quality. Um, you know, it is difficult in Cuyahoga County, but at the same time, I think offering voters good choices, that's what they want. They want to have good choices right. when they go to vote. And I think we can make that promise to, to Cuyahoga County, you're going to start to see people give consideration. You'll, you'll see people who will vote for maybe a Republican judicial candidate, and that's kind of the doorway into getting them to start to vote for perhaps other candidates of ours. So I think that's the way we can connect. Um, also, remembering the whole ticket. In a presidential election year, the presidential election is obviously very important. I'm not saying it isn't, but we can't forget the whole ticket, the judges, mm -hmm. you know, people voting their whole ballot. So that's part of the message too. Um, so in terms of vision, I think it's going to be to look to the future, to look to technology, to look to, you know, filling positions, recruitment. Um, you know, it, it's a big picture, but I think those are all uh, some tools that will, will get us there to more success in the future. I love it. Um, yeah, it's awesome. This is uh, I don't know, I don't know who got any, any of you guys watched the Terminator, but this kind of feels like you know <laughs> the Terminator of the future here. You know, Lisa is talking about some things that we were working on before, but making an emphasis on filling those ward leader spots, those central committee spots, mm -hmm. um, involving young people um, because she has a history. Uh, her own history is of uh, being involved at a young age, um, reaching out to community, which. Again, things that we're already doing that we can emphasize, uh, reaching out to communities that we don't normally talk to. And, you know, having a real look towards the future, whether that means candidates, um, whether that means ideas, whether that means discussions. Um, we really got, you know, kind of the chairman of the future. And, you know, she, she did not come alone um, in segment two. 
Yes, guys, we're doing two chairman's reports in one episode. If you watch, if, if you listen to RPCC on there, you know it's only one normally, but we're getting two. Um, she, she brought with her, you know, some backup. So um, I, I'm really excited. And, and you know, as a member, um, as a Central Committee member of the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County, um, I am excited and I implore all of you members and people who are not members, look, this is the time to get involved. This is the time to be excited. We have a lot, a lot in store. I would tell you, me and Jeff have worked pretty hard in these last two weeks, uh, just getting up to speed and starting to push out more content um, and more deliverable. So we're excited. You all should be excited. Chairman Sticken. Yeah. Congratulations once again. Thank you, um, thank you for joining us uh, on RPCC on air. And um, we'll end segment one of RPCC on air. Say it with me, Jeff. How will 2020 census data be used? Where there are more people, there are more needs for public services. That's why the census is used by the government to inform funding decisions each year. But that's not all. It's also used by nonprofits to inform services, by businesses to create jobs, and even by students for school projects. Understanding how the population changes helps us shape communities across the country for the better. Shape your future. Start here. Visit 2020census.gov. This is RPCC On Air. Segment 2. RPCC On Air. Episode 14. Say it with me, Jeff. Remote. Remote. Oh my gosh. Um, again, really exciting episode. Really exciting episode. We had a great conversation with Chairman Lisa Sticken of the Central Committee. And now we get to talk to another new chairman. You know, we get double, double treats today, Jeff. Um, oh, yeah, we definitely. are going to have a second chairman's report with chair, man, chairwoman. How you want to say that, Donna? Chairman, chairwoman, Donna Walker Brown. How's it going, Donna? Oh, things are, are great. I, I couldn't expect any anything better. Um, I'm, I love it down here. So Donna, so Donna walks into our office after a pandemic where we've been working remote like the whole probably three months and proceeds to have meetings after meetings after <laughs> meetings every day. Uh, and, and, you know, that just shows the type of enthusiasm that we'll talk about later in this interview about who she is as a person. Um, I will again say that I'm, I'm gushing a lot this episode, Jeff. Uh, hey, man, go right ahead. Um, Donna Walker Brown uh, is someone that I have looked to a lot as I try to engage with the community. She is a true community member and leader, activist, and all of those things. Um, she is the president of the Inner City Republican Movement. Uh, one of our longest running clubs and, and one of the only ones in the city of Cleveland. Um, she's also the general, they call her the general and, and, and they mean that. She keeps everybody in line over there at Black on Black Crime Inc., which does a lot of work in the community. Um, she's also the organizer of uh, the initiative against lead in the community in Cleveland. She's done uh, plenty of pressers on that and, and brought a lot of attention to that issue. Um, she's also done sleepovers and, and things in front of child family services. Um, here in Cleveland, we know that there are children dying unnecessarily. I think I just read the other day that there were actually children 
living in the uh, Children's Family Services offices instead of being placed. Um, and, you know, again, back to her connection to the community. She's actually uh, very well connected with uh, Mr. Art McCoy, uh, a longtime Black Republican who's helped out a lot of our judicial candidates. Um, she's very connected to the Black Man Army. And Jeff, I don't know if you know what the Black Man Army is, but you've definitely seen the bus um, with that red, black, and green on it. Uh, mm -hmm. Don Donna's usually you know, either uh, metaphorically driving that bus or standing in front of it. Um, so we're really excited to have Donna as our chairman. Um, so we want to kind of just start with Ashton. Um, with all the things that you've done, Donna, um, as long as you've been in the community, if you want to tell me how many years that is, um, where does that passion come from? Um, the passion comes from, from the need of, of our community, the inner city, just not having black leadership. Um, so many times the politics take over the community and the community doesn't have, doesn't reap the benefit of what black leader, real black leadership could bring, could bring to it. So the, the passion just comes from the absence of black leadership in the black community. And um, being a Republican to me, it's an honor because it, it lets me uh, continue to think of the freedom fighters. It lets me know that I'm on, this, I'm on the same road as the freedom fighters that fought for the injustices that occurred during slavery. So the passion is deep rooted and it's, it's just an honor to, to be a Republican and to, to always kind of, you know, so many times the black community doesn't talk about slavery a lot. It's kind of like it's a conversation that's shocked. But uh, to me, when I was growing up as a kid, Martin Luther King, uh, um, Sajana Troop, Harriet Tubman, those were my heroes. So, and, and when I bring it closer to modern day, the passion comes back from the, the history is repeated. And I, would, and I just wanna be part of the repeated history with, with those, when you put my name up, put me up as a freedom fighter. Mm. Oh, wow. I mean, that's impressive. And uh, one of the things that I kind of want to touch base on that Colin didn't mention here is that you actually were the campaign manager for Peter Corrigan for his race for county executive. So can you kind of just touch base on that and just let us know how that experience went and just working throughout Cuyahoga County. And we all know that we do need some changes here to switch things up to kind of get everything on the right track so it'd just be great to hear like what your perspective was and kind of what you learned and the connections that you made with that um peter was a great candidate because i didn't have to repeat myself a lot all i had to do was just tell peter peter go here go there and peter actually loved being in the inner city he loved the people and he made friends with them um, that's what made Peter such the, 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 the blonde head boy that could go in the hood and never get robbed because he really loved being in the hood and listening to the people. If, if candidates could learn one thing from Peter, what they should pick up is how Peter always, he, he tried to always be on time. He never left an event early and he never left, left a person wanting to ask him a question. He was always... He, he definitely stayed to the end and he talked to everyone. Um, 
if I had to do it all over again, if it wasn't Peter Corrigan, I wouldn't want to be a campaign manager because Peter was ideal in the fact he wasn't scared. You know, Peter would just drop, go places and just drop my name. Hey, you know Donna Walker Brown? She's my friend. And just start a conversation with people. Um, Peter was that exceptional Republican candidate where you say, hey, he's got it. And, and, and the people enjoyed Peter because he was truly genuine and, and he came up with real solutions. I met Peter uh, down, we were doing the Anaya Day Garrett when the four-year-older um, was, uh, had gotten killed by her mom and allegedly the boyfriend was involved, but there was never, the child never said the boyfriend did anything to her. Uh, just like the child never said the father did anything to her. So um, Peter had, I met him down there at a couple of the, uh, the little hearings they were having. And um, that's what let me know it was more than, that he was more than just a candidate. He was really a, a, a man that was concerned about what was going on in Cuyahoga County. Yeah, and just so we're clear with everybody on the podcast, Peter is our former executive committee chairman, Peter Corrigan. Um, you know, Peter served us very well in his time here. Um, helped me and Jeff out a lot. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. And, and, and Donna, I think you're hitting it right on the head about being, being a Republican. You kind of had to go the extra mile. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to come early. You got to stay late. You got to answer all those questions. Um, and, you know, that is something that I'm really excited for you to make it not just a part of one candidate's DNA, but a part of um, the party's DNA as a whole in Cuyahoga County. I think that messaging is going to be great. And I'm, I'm just really excited for you to continue on this work. Jeff, I know you got another question here. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, I love the fact that you told us about your passion for the community and your experience that you had with working as a campaign manager. So I kind of want to move into what keeps you motivated to continue to take on these new roles or new roles in all these issues that are going on within our county? The fact that nobody else wants to do it. It's a dirty job. Somebody got to do it. Um, I just, I don't want my community to say, well, you know what? We didn't have a leader that would step up and take on the dirty job. I want my community to say, hey, you know what? That's that Donna Brown. She don't let, you know, it don't make a difference whether you're Republican or Democrat. If it means that she needs to get, get, in a, get on an issue, she'll stand alone and wait for her followers. But she know, you know that she's going to get on the issue. So that's what the fact that nobody else wants to do it is what motivates me to continue to do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's what we like to hear. I, I love it. I mean, Donna... <laughs> I, I, I don't even know, it's so many issues you work on, Donna, but I don't remember which issue it was, but Donna was standing out there with a bucket uh, over there in Glenville, over by 152nd, collecting money for some some issue. And she was literally out there. It was a hot day like today. It's 95 degrees outside. Donna was outside, you know, collecting money and making sure things um, were getting done in the community. I mean, Donna honestly helped me work on our fire relief, which is one of the first things we got here. She let me know about that family. Um, and, that, and that was in a predominantly black community who had a black councilman. Um, and, you know, Donna was the first one there to respond. Um, and I just kind of tagged along with her. So it, I think that's, 
That's great. That's great. And I, I kind of want to, that leads me to our next question of Donna, you, you are a Republican, very proud one. Um, you actually had one of the only uh, inner city uh, victory Senate for Donald Trump in the 16 election. Um, it was actually in uh, our producer's um, building, uh, Darby O'Marrow's. It, it was in his building, actually. I remember that very vividly. But, you know, being a Republican um, in, a, in, in the inner city, um, what's that like? And I know about the history of Republicans in Cuyahoga County in particular. I mean, we've got judges like Judge Capers, Judge Harper, um, and buildings. And people, Jeff, I don't know if you know this, People, there are a lot of buildings in the inner city of Cleveland that are named after black Republicans, and people just walk past them all the time. Um, Zelma George, uh, the Parkdale over there um, in Cleveland, also the Virgil E. Brown building. These are things that are named after black Republicans in the history that they've had. Um, so, Donna, my question to you is, what's your reception in the black community being a Republican? Well, since I, I'm, I'm not one of those that Jeff started being a Republican, or because it got popular. Um, I don't really have the same problems that everyday Republicans have. People respect me for what I've done out on the streets to where they say, you know what? You, you kind of expected her to be a Republican because she's always in the Democrats' butt. So, you know, I don't have the same problem that a lot of Republicans have uh, because I've always been Republican. I ain't never claimed being Democrat. And uh, a lot of the people that I go up against are Democrats, so they really was just happy for me to go ahead and tell them that I was re identified myself as a Republican because they knew something was special considering I couldn't be bought. Right, and I think the other part of that, Donna, is that you're in the community. Um, it's a lot easier to be a Black Republican if you're in the community. It's a lot easier for Republicans if you're in the community. So I think as much as it is about you being in opposition to a lot of Democrats, it's also about the fact that, you know, you are that freedom fighter. You are trying to be on those issues. You are on the ground on a regular basis. Um, and I think that's just incredibly important. And again, something that we need to model um, and something that needs to become a part of our RPCC DNA. Jeff, I'll let you take the last question. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that one. So Donna, um, you kind of made history just the same way that Chairman Sticken did. And you are the first person of color to be elected as chairmanship for Cuyahoga County. So what I'm kind of looking into is I want to know is what is your vision moving forward for the party within the county? Well, my vision is, is unity and growth and for one day you to be able to look in the room and you not look at the color of our skin, but you know that that elephant behind us, it represents us all. That's my whole vision for us to just come as, and be one part, one party, just Republicans, not black Republicans, white Republicans. We wanna be just Republicans and we want growth and, and we want people to know that we're proud of who we are. We want little girls to be able to say, you know what, that Miss Brown, she told me if I started saying that I'm the Republican, five years later, that woman was the Republican because her, um, her peers elected her. So it's all about putting something in the atmosphere and knowing that one day it can be a reality and I can do it too. That's awesome, that's awesome. I really, really appreciate hearing that. And that's something that I look forward to with working in the party. I know that it's something that 
we've been wanting to do for a long time. Colin's working real hard at doing that himself. He's been here for over a year now, kind of out there making all these connections. And um, I just want to say that it's just a great experience right now that we had for us to be able to speak, sit down, speak to both of our new chairmen, give an opportunity for Cuyahoga County to hear who is the new leadership and kind of introduce them to the community. So uh, I think that it's just great in general. Colin, I don't know if you have anything else to add to this. No, nah, man, you're, you're wrapping it up. I got, I got three things to say, though. Uh, Donna Walker Brown, the freedom fighter, uh, Donna Walker Brown, the uniter, and then uh, both of our chairmen, Chairman Sticken and uh, Chairman uh, Walker Brown here, talking about the future, talking about those little girls, talking about those families. And I, I think, you know, this is something we can build the party on going forward, and I, I'm excited to be a part of it. Go ahead, close it then, Jeff, if you so, got it. Uh, that, that's uh, our special edition of uh, the Chairman's Report, since uh, we get an opportunity to have two of them this time. And um, it was great speaking with you, Donna. And that does it for segment two here for RPCC On Air. You got to say it with me, Colin. Remote. Remote. Thanks a lot. How will 2020 census data be used? Where there are more people, there are more needs for public services. That's why the census is used by the government to inform funding decisions each year. But that's not all. It's also used by nonprofits to inform services, by businesses to create jobs, and even by students for school projects. Understanding how the population changes helps us shape communities across the country for the better. Shape your future. Start here. Visit 2020census.gov. This is RPCC On Air. And welcome back to segment three of RPCC On Air. Say with me, Colin. Remote. Remote. And right now, we are going to be going into keeping it local. And we have our guest speaker, Anthony Alto from the Board of Elections. Oye, mi gente. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So, Alto, I know that you got a lot going on right now in life. Um, just give us a little update of what's going on here. I know that you're going to be studying for the bar. Uh, you have your newborn going on. So, how's everything going? Oh, uh, man, everything is going good. So, first off, my baby boy, Anthony Jr., a.k.a. AJ, uh, he just started crawling. So, even though everybody bought him a ton of toys, he his favorite toy is whatever he's not supposed to have, whether it's shoes <laughs> or silverware or whatever is not supposed to be on the floor. That's his favorite thing. Um, so that's my domestic life. And I'm getting ready to take the Ohio bar exam scheduled for September 9th and 10th. So I will be out of commission studying from uh, Monday until September 14th. Nice. Nice. And that's why we got him here now, everyone. Um, Alto is our Republican guy at the Board of Elections. He tells us everything we, we, we need to know. Um, so if you got a question about the election, call him, not me and Jeff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's the one. He's the one that's going to be able to look up everything for you. He's going to be the one that's going to tell you everything that you need. He is way more informed than we are over there. That's a lie. That's 100% of a lie. <laughs> that's a total but, lie. In all honesty, usually when you guys call and ask us about something that's going on in the Board of Elections, whether it's about um, a candidate or uh, some type of election, we usually call Alto. So we brought you right to the horse's mouth this time. 
And um, before Alto gets out of here on his little break, we had to uh, get him in here to, you know, tell us what's about to happen in November. Um, in these uncertain times, you know, uh, in our new normal, Alto, what is our election in November going to look like? Are you on? Is the, is everyone kind of uncertain about it? I mean, what are we what are we expecting here? So, Colin, you you cued it up perfectly, brother. The key word here is uncertain. We live in uncertain times right now. We don't know what COVID has in store for November. Okay, we don't know what it's going to look like or anything. So, as is true in anything else in life, the only thing that we can do is control our own actions. So if we go ahead and have in-person voting, then this is what it's gonna look like. We're gonna have our poll workers out there at polling locations sanitizing every single voting booth before and after every voter votes. Every poll worker is gonna have face masks, face shields, and gloves to make sure that everybody is safe Nobody is, 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 is uh, communicating COVID to anybody else. We want to make sure that voters are safe. We don't want anybody to compromise their health to vote because that is, that, is that is your right. As a United States citizen is your right to vote, and we do not want anybody to choose between their health or the right to vote. So we're going to make sure that we're, everything with, that is within our control, we're going to make as safe as possible. So that is cleaning voting booths, making sure our poll workers wear masks, trying to maintain social distancing as best as possible. Now, since we are taking these precautions, I do want to let everybody know that it is very, very likely that there will be long lines at polling locations because we want to maintain social distancing. So if you want to come down to vote at at your polling location in November, if they have them in-person voting, you're more than welcome to, but I would encourage you vote by mail. It is safe. It is, it, 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 we have shown that it is integral to our elections you all it's very simple all you need to do wait 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 don't jump don't don't jump me out so you're gonna ruin the segment i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry go ahead go ahead con go ahead um you made some of those points um you know if you're having to clean a voting booth after every time somebody goes and votes that's going to slow it down uh if you're gonna have to if you're gonna have to stand six feet apart that's gonna make a line outside onto the street Absolutely. Um, and then for poll workers, I mean, that's a lot of stuff. You know, Alto's really in the alien podcast, and I feel like our poll <laughs> workers are gonna look like aliens. Um, you know, so that it's going to be a lot of new, I guess the only phrase to use here is new normal um, at, at our polling locations. And, you know, with our community and how important this election is, it's important that, one, we all stay safe. We all love our uh, elder members of our, you know, uh, RPCC. I'm th- in my head. I'm thinking of Marilyn Matthias. That's what I'm thinking of. I, yep. I, 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 I don't want because I, I, I think of Marilyn like one of my like one of my other grandparents. I don't want her out there in those conditions trying to vote at her polling location. I don't know about you, Jeff, but would you let your grandmother go vote in person? No, I would not. I also think that this is a time 
to where we need the younger generation to kind of step up and take over, almost like a passing of the baton, just because he's usually what we have, and Alto, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's a lot more of the elderly group that is willing to come out, work the polls, kind of help things out and figure out what's, or and actually sit there and partake in voting on election day. So I think that this is that opportunity for our young Republicans and anyone that's new, fresh, looking to get involved. It's a great opportunity for them to actually insert themselves into something and get an understanding of what's, how we go about with our elections. You're, yeah, you're absolutely, uh, you're absolutely right. The, the vast majority, well over three-fourths of our poll worker population is high risk for COVID because they're, they're over the age of, of 65. So that's a, that's a lot of people who are high risk. And I don't want anybody to risk their life or have to choose between risking their life and vote. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, I know poll workers, I think there's like, they can be like, they need to be like 17 or something. I mean, this is a really oppor- a good opportunity uh, for young people to get involved, not only in the voting part, but in the actual uh, production part of voting and being poll workers. Um, so we're all on the same page here. It, it, it could possibly be dangerous in November to be voting in, in person. Um, so then, you know, I think we need, we have a duty to our listenership now to talk about what voting by mail, absentee voting, um, I mean, there's, there's lots of ways to describe it. But what would this other process look like, Alto? This, uh, this process sure. of you uh, voting maybe at your kitchen table and things of that nature. Right, right. So this, this, is, this is vote by home, okay? This is, th- think about that you're voting from the comfort of your home at your kitchen table, all right? It's, a, it, it's a, a secure process that will allow you to cast your vote without fearing risk of catching COVID or any, any, anything else. And it's as simple as this. You can go online and request an absentee application, or you can call the Board of Elections. You can call me personally, 216-443-6430, after September 14th when I get back, or just leave a message and I got you. But you could do that and we will send you an absentee application. Now it's secure because we're gonna send you this application. You're gonna fill it out. You're gonna give us your, your address, your date of birth or your social security or the last four digits of social security number or some other identifying information and your signature. And let me emphasize your signature has to match what your, your signature is on your voter registration card because security is, is so important for us. So please make sure that your signature, don't put an X, don't put a line. If this is not a credit card receipt or a credit, uh, a credit card receipt, no, please sign your name the way that you would sign it all the time, the one that's on your voter registration form. When we get that, we're going to check all the information against our system, make sure that no, there's no funny business going on. We're gonna make sure that it's, it's correct. And let me tell you something, if, if we find that it's not correct, we're gonna call you, we're gonna get a hold of you and we're gonna tell you, hey, number one, did you submit an absentee application? Oh, you did? Okay, great. Number two, look, your signature's kind of off or hey, you know what? Your, your social security, your last four digits of your social security number aren't right. You know, could you verify that? We're going to make sure. We're not just going to leave you hanging. We're going to make sure that we have your right information. Once we have your correct information, we can verify that it is you 
then we're going to send you an absentee ballot. You're going to get the ballot in the mail, all right? You fill it out at your convenience. You can fill it out on, on your porch, in your kitchen table, in your bed, whatever. You're going to seal it up. You're going to place it in a secure envelope. And you're going to put the same information on there, last four digits of your social, your name, your address, date of birth. You're going to sign it again with that signature that you have, and you're going to send it back. We are going to get it. We're going to scan it, and it's going to count. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the safest and most secure way that we can have an election this November. Man, that um, that has more. Look, I I pay bills. In, no, I've never paid a bill in the mail. Um, I <laughs> there are a lot of things that I've bought and bought online that didn't have that much security involved. With it. You think about the things that you. Every, a lot of people shop on Amazon now. Oh, you yeah. buy things on Amazon, you put your credit card number in and your name, they don't answer you. You're just questions. like, yep, let's do this. They send it to your house. Um, I mean, so I think this is this is a great example of, you know, again, the new normal, um, embracing technology like Chairman Sticken was talking about um, earlier in this episode about how there are a lot of safety precautions in the vote by mail. Vote from home, I'm sorry, Alto. Use the right, use the right uh, uh, lingo <laughs> there. Um, but vote from home uh, system where you are protected as an American citizen. And I don't know how, how more protected you can be from COVID than staying inside your home. Um, so this is, this is great. This is great. Um, I mean, and, and Alto explained that very well. And again, he gave you his number there to help, help out with the process. Uh, jokingly, I said me and Jeff won't be helping, but we are seriously honest <laughs> we'll be helping. Um, even in the primary last year, you know, people were calling down the headquarters. We were sending out absentee applications. Um, we're happy to do that. We're happy to do that. It's like 48 cents for a stamp. But, you know, to make sure that our community is voting and their voices are heard, it's completely worth it. Um, Jeff, anything else you want to add on this and, and, you know, just make people feel more secure with this whole process? I mean, we're always here no matter what with what you need, any questions that you had just please reach out to Colin or I. If we can't answer it, we'll figure out a way to answer it. Uh, and we'll probably call Alto. Yeah, that will be calling Alto <laughs> or talking to someone at the Secretary of State's office or even, even talking to Secretary LaRose about it and figuring out how exactly we can sit there and handle any situation that you have. I can tell you personally, I don't think that anyone has explained that process better than what Alto just did. So please, 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 if you're still confused, go back and listen to what he said, because that was phenomenal. Yeah, that was, that, that was perfect. Um, so look, we got two minutes left in the segment. So what I want to do here is now that everyone knows how to vote, um, I just want to tell Alto from the bottom of our hearts, um, you've had a really interesting year. Um, you've gone from not being a dad to now being a Puerto Rican dad, which is one of my favorite types of dads. Um, and, 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 uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you served us very well in your position at the Board of Elections. Um, I, I, I really hope that you continue in that position and don't go anywhere, man. We need you. Um, and working really well with me and Jeff. And, you know, we just went to lunch yesterday. And um, now you're about to uh, embark on a new journey of becoming a lawyer. So um, from here, uh, from all of us at the RPCC and RPCC on air, we wish you the best of luck. We will live. We will leave you alone and let you go into your little study bubble, um, play your little logic games and all those types of things. And uh, 
you know, just saying honestly from us, we really appreciate you. And, uh, you know, we, we can't wait to be calling you uh, Anthony Alto, uh, uh, Juris Doctorate, and uh, uh, Licensed Attorney in the state of Ohio. So, Alto, uh, thank you very much for coming on RPCC On Air, uh, episode 14. Um, and, you know, we'll see you when you get back. But for us, for, for uh, us here, you know, our, our little podcast here, um, we'll see you pretty soon. We'll, we'll be back in about another two weeks, hopefully with more candidates, hopefully with more information um, and more ways for you all to get involved. So you know, let's close it out, Jeff. Uh, RPCC On Air, episode 14. Uh, the special edition with two chairmen, two wonderful new chairmen. Say it with me, Jeff. Remote. Remote. See you guys next time. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.